Hi, everyone. We just wanted to take a moment to address the ongoing WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes. For the first time in 63 years, both the WGA and SAG-AFTRA unions are currently on strike to achieve a fair and equitable contract that demands restrictions on AI technology and transformative changes to the way that artists work and earn money in the era of streaming. We are in solidarity with the WGA and SAG-AFTRA and are completely in support of the unions and their demands for better working conditions, compensation, and industry practices. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the hard work of artists, and they deserve to be properly protected and paid for their labor. At this point, SAG-AFTRA has not asked that film critics stop their work, so we will continue to publish episodes. However, we've decided moving forward to pivot towards reviewing international films and work from Unstruck Studios for the time being. We're excited to broaden our horizons to work outside of Hollywood and expose ourselves to the entire world of cinema. So if you have any recommendations, please send them our way. If you're looking to support the strike, in our show notes, we've linked a HuffPost article on ways to help, as well as a donation link for the World Harvest Food Bank, which is offering free groceries to union members affected by the strike. With that being said, we hope you enjoy our review of The Notebook and look forward to bringing you our last installment of Podgirl Summer next week. This kind of charm is just undeniable. It's inexcusable. (laughs) It's illegal, actually. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the third installment of Pod Girl Summer. I can't believe it's almost halfway through July. Crazy. (laughs) When I tell you this year is like rolling by, Mm -hmm. every month is a different gut punch to my life. (laughs) And this month is no exception. 2023 is the year of, what was it that Kylie Jenner said? Realizing things. Oh, that was like, yeah, she's like, I forget what year it was. She's like, this is the year of like realizing things. Mm -hmm. It's actually this year, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Let us know how your summer is going, guys. Like, are you traveling? Are you experiencing new things? What are you guys up to? What's in right now? Yeah. What's what's down with the kids and whatnot? Mm -hmm. What's everyone up to? And with that being said, should we tell the people what movie we're doing? Yes. So today we are doing the 2004 classic heard around the world, The Notebook. Wow. Christina, this was your first watch through. It was. I I had never seen The Notebook before. I don't know how. I don't know why. I just like Mm -hmm. never saw it. And then it became a thing of like, well, I've never seen The Notebook. I'm now just not going to watch it. So then I can still say I've never seen The Notebook, I guess. Um, yeah. But now I have. So here we are. It is one of those classic rom-coms that I just feel like whenever there was a movie where someone was like, oh, are we going to go see the chick flick, like mm-hmm. The Notebook? Or a guy would get invited to, over to a girl's house or something and she'd play The Notebook and it'd mm-hmm. be like a thing. So it definitely became like a niche, or not a niche, it became the most popular (laughs) rom-com out. Yeah, yeah. 
And it was the first, like, really, really big Nicholas Sparks adaptation. I mean, obviously, before this, there were two. There was Walk to Remember and... Right. I don't remember what the other one was, but... Uh, yeah, I can only remember Walk to Remember. I mean, there was Dear John and that was after. Yeah, yeah. But this really exploded and... I mean, we'll talk about it endlessly throughout, but I definitely credit that to Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling's electric chemistry in this movie. They look amazing together. Like, whenever they had scenes together, I just (laughs) fell apart emotionally. And before we get into the nuts and bolts, let's get down to the facts. Yeah. The numbers, baby. Yeah, let's get down to brass tacks, the numbers. <laughs> Why you came here in the first place. Mm-hmm. So this movie had a $29 million budget, and they made $117.8 million in the box office. Wow. So pretty, pretty good, pretty big. This was like his breakthrough role, really. Yeah, I mean, for both of them, this they had obviously both done stuff before. I mean, Ryan Gosling was in the Mickey Mouse Club. Like, he's been around the right. block for a while. He's been peddled around for ages. <laughs> yeah. And Rachel McAdams had been acting as well, but this really, like, shot them to stardom. Yeah. Put them on the map in, like, a totally different way. And funnily enough, this movie came out the same year as Mean Girls. So, like, Rachel McAdams shot this and so Mean Girls back to back, which is wild. Yeah. I'd, I don't know – We've talked about Rachel McAdams before. I've seen her do some very mid-performances, but I do think she did a great job in this role. I think that she, you know, acted it perfectly um, for the way it was written, so. Yeah, definitely. Well, as we know, this movie is adapted from the Nicholas Sparks novel of the same name. It was his first book that he ever published, and it was actually based on a real-life couple It's based on his ex-wife, Kathy's grandparents. Um, Apparently, they were together for 60 years, and um, her grandparents couldn't make it to their wedding because they were sick. So the day after the ceremony, Nicholas and Kathy put on their wedding attire and surprised the couple with a second private celebration. And that was the day when he heard the story of how they met, which later inspired The Notebook. Oh, that's beautiful. And Ryan Gosling just being the intelligent, inquisitive, Mm -hmm. well-prepared man that he is, he actually decided to prepare by living in Charleston, South Carolina. And for two months, he like rode the Ashley River every morning and built furniture during the day. So he was really in his... um, Daniel Day-Lewis bag Mm -hmm. over here. Mm -hmm. He actually built the table that they have dinner at later on in the movie. Are you kidding me? I was wondering about the table. I was like, it looks so like pretty, but it's like very plain compared to like this grand house that Mm -hmm. he's made. Um, That's so crazy. I love Ryan Gosling. Uh, Yeah. I mean, speaking of somebody who's having a moment right now, Mr. Ken Definitely. himself. I'm glad that mm-hmm. people are are appreciating him because he's always been a great actor. And I mean, as far as I know, seems to be a very unproblematic dude in life as well. Like people have really great yeah. things to say about working with him and stuff. So um, I'm excited for Ryan to get his moment in the spotlight. And who knows, maybe even an Oscar for Barbie. Ooh. Yeah, I'm really hoping if it Barbie doesn't work out, just that he'll get more 
like serious roles in order to get that nom. Well, the thing is, is he's done serious roles, but where he really thrives is comedy and nobody lets him do comedy. That's true. I guess I'm thinking of like, um, I mean, he, he was in Drive. He mm-hmm. was in La La Land. He was in what else was like very critically acclaimed. He was in oh, Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Yeah. I think though. I don't think about him in comedy as much because he's so, like, um, when he does serious roles, like, I just feel like he's so dropped in. Mm. And that's when I am so attracted to him. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he he is a very talented, like, well-rounded actor. And um, I like him just so much better than, what's his name, Married to Blake Lively? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. If I'm going for man. a Canadian Ryan, I'm going Gosling over Reynolds every time. Every day of the week. You know what? I actually learned a fun fact about – so Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling, they're both Canadian, and they were actually born oh, wow. in the same hospital. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, speaking of Rachel McAdams, obviously our, our heroine of the story, there were some other actresses that did audition for Allie. There was Ashley Judd, Britney Spears, which I would – kill to see that chemistry read because i know she did one with ryan gosling there's like a picture of them together but the footage has Mm -hmm. never been released and i want to see it so bad um and then other actresses they considered were reese witherspoon and jessica biel Mm. but rachel mcadams of course won the role and the director said that when she came in and read it like everybody knew she was the one her and ryan had great chemistry obviously which is crazy because apparently according to nick cassavetti's Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams did not get along at first. Mm-hmm. And apparently he tried to have her replaced. Yeah. So they had like a thing where they like all sat down and like aired their grievances so they could move on with production. It couldn't tell that that had happened. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they did end up dating for quite a few years on and off after this. But it definitely reminds me of like Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Grey, and Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Electric chemistry did not get along in real life. But yeah, they they did end up falling for each other. And um, that led to, you know, one of the greatest moments of award show history when they accepted their award for Best Kiss at the MTV Movie Awards, which will just never be topped. I just saw it. I'm maybe I'd seen it before and like didn't remember, but whatever. I'm gonna say I saw it for the first time just a minute ago, and I was mm-hmm. floored. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah, her pulling up that strapless top. Yeah, him like popping a piece of gum and being like, "Come here." Uh, Meeting in the middle, she will be loved. Is playing in the background. It's just it's 2005. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything's okay. Yeah, the stars aligned. Mm-hmm. Well, before we dive into it, we just want to remind you that Out Now on Patreon is our Perks of Being a Wallflower episode. If you're interested in that, yes, head on over to Patreon. Voting is also open right now for our August bonus episode. So if you want to have your say in what we do next, head on over to Patreon. It's $5 a month. We have a ton of cool perks and we would love to have you. Yes. And I guess, should we just... Uh... Ferris wheel right into it. If we we fly we fly right into it because if you're a bird, Should I'm we, a bird. I'm a bird. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Beautiful. So we open up on this 
gorgeous like red sunset or is it sunrise? Maybe it's sunrise. It's very orangey, yeah. red, dark. The coloring is so beautiful, just like this really rich red. And as we're looking at this lake where someone is rowing a canoe, we then like pan over to see an older woman looking out of the window of this very large house. We find out later it's like a retirement home and she looks out at the lake. Then on the inside, um, a nurse comes up to the woman staring out at the lake and asks her to get ready for bed. So it is a sunset. Yeah. So we then go to another interior shot in this assisted living facility, and we meet Duke, played by James Garner, and he tells us that he is no one special, just a common man with common thoughts who's led a common life. And there won't be any monuments dedicated to him, and his name will soon be forgotten. But in one respect, he succeeded as gloriously as anyone who ever lived. He tells us he's loved another with all his heart and soul, and for him, that's always been enough. We then see him get in line to receive his daily medication, and he tells the nurse, you know, big day today, and she says... That's every day, you old devil. And he gives her a little <laughs> wink as he swallows his pills. He is a little so-and-so. He is a little so-and-so, that's for sure. <laughs> Being a so-and-so, it has no age limit. Never, never. Yeah. And it's just like a little spark some people have. Mm -hmm. So meanwhile, in another area of the home, a nurse is talking to the woman who we saw gazing out earlier and asks her to take a walk. But the woman is like, no. Like, I don't think so. She's very apprehensive. Then Dew comes into the room and says hello, but the nurse says, I think her name is Nurse Esther. She's like, hey, it's not a good day. You know, she doesn't seem up for anything. So the woman does say hello to Duke, and the nurse says that he's come to read to her. And she's like, oh, I don't know about that. But the nurse is like, hey, I promise you'll like him. He's really funny. So they go into another room, like a sitting room, and he asks where they left off and opens up his notebook saying it was the night of the carnival. Noah was there with his friends Finn and Sarah. That's where they met June 6, 1940. Allie was 17 years old. <laughs> we go back in time to the 40s. <laughs> So we're at this carnival, the summer of 1940. Noah, played by a beautiful young Ryan Gosling, is with his friend Finn. This actor, I can't remember his name, but he's uh, let me see in like name. tons of stuff. I know for sure he was in. He's just not that into you. Um, his name, Kevin Connolly. Yes, yeah. Uh, so he plays Finn and Entourage. Oh yeah, he's been in loads of stuff. Yeah. So they're, you know, checking out the different games when he calls out to a girl walking by and asks her name. You know, they walk over to the bumper cars and Noah asks Finn, hey, who's that girl with Sarah? Sarah is Finn's girlfriend, sweetheart, whatever you want to yeah. call her. And Finn says, that's Allie Hamilton. She's staying here for the summer and her dad has more money than God. And Finn is showing his stuffed animal prize to Sarah, but all Noah can see is Allie. He is locked in on this mm -hmm. beautiful young woman. 
After they get out of the bumper cars, he goes to approach her while she's like basically has a mob of men following her because she is so beautiful and effervescent. The pheromones are pheromoning. Yeah. She's just like talking (laughs) to some guy and Noah goes up in his little page boy cap that somehow he's pulling off and asks if she wants to dance. And she says, no. And he asks, well, why not? She says, because I don't want to. And these other guys are like, yeah, she's with us. And I think one of the guys who is like next to her, um, he has like this fucking handlebar mustache. Mm -hmm. And his name is like James something or other, the third, like according to Amazon. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So some some real highbrow teens over here, apparently. And some goober goes up to Allie and is like, oh, Allie, let's ride the Ferris wheel. And she says, I'd love to, and just leaves Noah in the freaking dust. And I'm like, you're stronger than me, girly, because I would have taken one look into his eyes and been like, goodbye to everybody else. (laughs) Exactly. So Sarah tells Allie that that's Noah Calhoun, and he works at the lumberyard with Finn and Allie's like, did he see how close he was to my face? He was like two inches away. And she's like, yeah, well, that's Noah. And I think he likes you. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they go to the Ferris wheel and Allie is on the Ferris wheel with James Smitherinson. Snoddington, Snobbington, the 14th. Right, exactly. <laughs> the 14th. And they're on the Ferris wheel. They're like up there and (laughs) I keep wanting to say Ryan Noah like (laughs) runs up and slides into the seat with fucking Matthew Jameson the third and Allie and they keep rotating so like he is up there just in between them and he introduces himself tries to shake hands with her but Matthew is pissed and Allie is just completely shocked she's appalled Mm -hmm. And he asks her out some time. And then the guy conducting the ride actually stops it and he yells up. They know each other. This is Tommy and Noah. And he's like, Noah, you can't have more than two people in a chair. So being this like. This little scamp. (laughs) Absolute scamp. Absolute scoundrel, if you will. He takes hold of the bar that's like above them and he just holds onto the bar with both his hands and asks Allie out some time. And Tommy stops the ride and (laughs) everyone is just totally freaked out. They tell him to get down, but he's like, Allie, will you go out with me? And she's like, no. So he's like, Oh man, like why not? And she's like, "Cause I don't want to." And I'm like, "Crazy person, you're a lunatic." So Noah is like, "Well, you leave me no other choice, and let's go of one of his hands off the bar." So the man is swinging at death-defying heights Mm -hmm. with one hand, and from below, Sarah tells him to stop fooling around, and Noah says, "I'm going to ask you one more time. You know, will you?" go out with me and his hand starts slipping and she's like grab the bar but he won't do it until she agrees and Allie finally says yes 
And he's like, don't do me any favors. And she's like, no, no, I want you to. I want you to. Like, just, you know, don't die on my watch, please. Nothing more romantic than, you know, threatening to off yourself to force someone into going on a date with you. Right. So Allie yells, I want to go out with you. And Noah's like, all right, all right, we'll go out. Sheesh. But Sarah from below shouts up and she's like, that wasn't funny. And Allie's like, I'll take care of this. Unbuckles his belt undoes his pants and pulls down his pants so he's just stuck there with his underwear showing to everyone classic classic hijinks classic me yeah, cute, classic me cute. <laughs> oh my gosh it reminds me of like those tweets of somebody being like oh when you ask your grandparents how they met and you're like oh that's fully sexual harassment that's like, oh, I just kept asking her over and over again for six months yeah. until she had to go out with me. It's like, oh, no. Yeah, it's uh, I, I feel like so many of his characters remind me of that trope where it's like, babe, babe, look into my eyes. This isn't you. <laughs> this isn't you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, no, no shade, no tea to Mr. Sparks here, but there's some stuff that's not great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, I'll kill myself. Okay, I guess I have to go out with you now. (laughs) Jesus. So the next day, Noah sees Allie walking in town. She's wearing this gorgeous green dress. I mean, her wardrobe through this whole movie is phenomenal. Immaculate. Um, but this dress is stunning and you don't often see green, I feel like, uh, on film, but she's walking through town. He goes up to her and apologizes for the scene at the carnival and says, you know, I just, I just had to be next to you. I was being drawn to you. And I know he's like laying it on so thick, but I was falling for it. Unfortunately, Same. <laughs> I have no willpower. Same. I was like, oh. And she's like, wow, what a line. I'm like, yeah, totally God, lame, what a line. <laughs> and asks if he uses it on all the girls and says that she saw him last night with Little Miss Ribbons. And Noah's like, forget about that. What are you doing tonight or tomorrow or this weekend, you know, so we can have our date? And Allie says, no, I'm not going out with you. And he's like, what are you talking about? You literally promised to go out with me. And she says, well, I guess I changed my mind. Bam. Mm-hmm. So he tries to convince her and says that he knows she doesn't know him, but when he sees something he loves, you know, he goes crazy for it. He's got to have it, and that's her. And she tells him he's good, but Noah tries to explain she has it all wrong and says, you know, I can. what do you want me to be? I can be smart. I can be fun. I can be pensive, superstitious, brave. I can be light on my feet. Whatever you want, I'll be that for you. And she says, you're dumb. And he says, I can be dumb. And I was like. Uh, (laughs) It was at this point in the movie where I was like, okay, I get it. I get why this was so popular. (laughs) Right. I can't stop thinking about the fact that he's like married to just a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. And I'm like. Yeah. I know that he, it's not just the movies. Like, I know it's in real life, too. (laughs) This kind of charm is just undeniable. It's inexcusable. (laughs) It's illegal, actually. (laughs) Um, You're under arrest. Your crime, being charming. Yeah, the Kennergy levels are off the chart. And (sighs) Allie just, like, walks off, and he says, just one date. And she says, no. 
And he calls out being like, what can I do to change your mind? And she says, you'll figure something out and gets in her car. And I'm like, oh, the banter is bantering. I'm locked in. So that night, Noah meets with Finn and he's like, are you sure Allie's coming? And he's like, yeah, like it's all set. We're going to meet her at the late movie. So they go up to this movie theater and um, Noah sees Allie. She's like clearly surprised to see him and a little bit pissed. And Noah tells her it's nice to see her again. She looks great. And Finn ushers them inside the movie theater. Um, So while the movie plays, Noah looks extremely bored. Mm -mm. And they're watching this movie, Little Abner, which came out in 1940. It's like based off a comic strip. I I was just like so curious about this movie. Mm -hmm. And I looked it up. But it's uh, with Buster Keaton and Jeff York and Milton Berry. So anyways, during this movie, (laughs) Finn and Sarah make out and Noah looks over at Allie and then gets up and sits next to her and he like watches her eat her popcorn they like have a little moment they share a smile so it's not really like anything super serious but they just kind of have a moment Mm -hmm. with each other yeah and then after the movie sarah and finn run over to finn's car and he tells Allie and noah to get in and noah asks Allie to walk with him instead and she does agree So Noah and Allie are walking through the town, and she says that was fun. She hasn't seen that movie since she was a little kid. You know, she's just always so busy all the time. And Noah is surprised because she is a 17-year-old girl. But she says she has a strict schedule. She gets up. She has breakfast, her math tutor, Latin tutor, lunch, tennis lessons, dance lessons, French tutor, piano lessons, dinner, family time, and reading. And Noah tells her that it sounds like the road to success. And she says she's applying to all these colleges, you know, Radcliffe, Sarah Lawrence. And she says, those are the ones we really want. And he says, who's we? And she says that her and mommy and daddy decide everything (laughs) together. And he says, everything? And she says, well, no, not everything, but the important things. And Noah kind of makes fun of her for making all these decisions with her parents and says he's just trying to figure out what she does for fun because those are all the things that she has to do. Like, what does she do just for herself? Right. What does she do just because she wants to? And Allie's like, what do you mean? I just told you. And he's like, hmm, I'm surprised. You know, I just, I figured you were free. And she says, I am free. He says, it doesn't seem like it. So they're walking down the sidewalk and Noah asks Allie to come here so he can show her something and decides to lay down just right in the middle of the road underneath the stoplight and says that he and his father used to come out here and lay down and just watch the lights change from green to red to yellow. And he says that she could try it if she wanted to. And Allie tells him no and asks him to get up. She's, like, very taken aback by this decision. Mm -hmm. And Noah's like, this is exactly your problem. You never do anything you want. So Allie relents and she lays down with him. And she asks what happens if a car comes. And he's like, we die. Which is just, it was plastered all over Tumblr when this movie came out. Well, 
at, long after this movie came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he tells Allie to relax and trust him. She needs to learn how to trust. So while they're laying in bed, Allie tells Noah that she loves to paint and she paints for herself. So that's like her real personality, mm-hmm. like finally showing itself. And Allie says she has so many thoughts bouncing around in her head, but with a brush in her hand, it gets quiet. So they're laying down, watching the stoplight, and then a car comes, and they just, like, haul ass to get up. Allie bursts out laughing once they're on the sidewalk, and and she tells Noah that was fun. She's such, like, a giggly girl in this movie. She's laughing all the time. The entire film, she's laughing. She's like ha ha mm-hmm. he heeing the yeah. entire movie. So Noah is like, Hey, do you want to dance with me? And she agrees. And Noah just takes her by the hand. And Allie is like, We're not supposed to dance in the middle of the street. Like, we don't have any music. And Noah's like, We'll make some. And Stop. just, <laughs> it's a really sweet moment. Yeah. So, they start dancing, and Noah just kind of, like, sings. Um, he's just like, bum, bum, bum. And <laughs> Allie tells him that he is a terrible singer, but she likes this song. And then we hear I'll Be Seeing You by Billie Holiday as Noah and Allie continue to slow dance. And then we hear Duke narrating that Southern summers are indifferent to the trials of young love. Yeah, I really like this scene. I love when we get just like extended scenes of dialogue because I feel that's something greatly missing in a lot of movies today. We just are constantly cutting from scene to scene to scene and we don't get to just see people interact. And I think it shows a very clear connection initially between the two. And we have a lot of these really magical moments like them lying in the street, them dancing together. And um, I feel like it sets a really good foundation for their relationship. Yeah, definitely. It almost feels like a play to me, this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the movie feels very – I mean, it's dramatic, that's mm-hmm. that's for sure. Yeah. But um, it feels like very dropped in, and some parts are very quiet too. It's not – like I sometimes feel like I'm watching the movie and I'm like, I can hear – like everything they're saying very clearly, like mm-hmm. it sounds like you knew what you were going to say and you kind of like did a couple drafts of it before speaking. But I think they do a really good job in the notebook of making it sound like this is just something they thought of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the benefit of having something be a period piece is that sometimes some more unnatural sounding dialogue you can kind of get away with a little bit better. Yeah. Because you'd be like, that's just how they talked back then. Back um, in the old 1940s. Yeah. And it also completely eliminates filler words, ums, ahs, stuff like that, which we see more and more in, you know, stuff today. Yeah. But we go back to the assisted living home, retirement home, and Duke says, armed with warnings and doubts, Noah and Allie gave a remarkably convincing portrayal of a boy and a girl traveling down a very long road with no regard for the consequences. Mm. And the woman listening to the story uh, asks if they fell in love, and Duke says yes, 
And she says, good, please keep going. (laughs) So we then see this little montage of Noah and Allie's summer of love. We see her run into Noah's arms once he finishes work at the lumber yard. Duke says that from that night forward, Noah and Allie spent every waking hour together and soon they were inseparable. We see Finn and Noah riding bikes with Sarah and Allie sitting on the handlebars. There's this really cute scene where Allie is eating an ice cream and she shoves it in Noah's face and then like licks the ice cream off his face and then he's kissing her and she's laughing. She has that beautiful big Rachel McAdams smile. It's all sparkle, sparkle, gorgeous. (laughs) She does have a really great smile. She has dimples Mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, yes. Yeah. Me too, sister. Yeah. I do think that regardless of your face, like the dimples just always, it's like an added bonus. Oh, yeah. Like I do feel like the dimples really give some something like for someone to hold on to. Yeah. You know? Some beautiful character to the face. Some character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we go to Noah's house and they've been enjoying each other's company all summer And Allie decides to bike to his house and actually sees him reading to his father. And I, from the look on her face, it just seems like this is the last thing she expected to see. And Frank notices her and they come over to greet her. She's like, I'm so sorry for interrupting. But Mr. Calhoun, who he says like, yo, call me Frank. He's like, I'm glad to have you. And she shakes his hand and he offers her a seat. And Frank tells Noah that she's much prettier than Noah let on and asks Allie what she has there. She has this like parcel in her hands. And she hands this package to him just wrapped in a sheet. And Frank unwraps it and sees that Allie has brought a painting. Mm. And he's like, oh my God, it's beautiful. Like this is a damn picture. And then Allie tells them that it was a lovely poem they were reading and asked who it was. And Frank tells Allie it was Whitman. And he explains that Noah used to have a stutter, which just immediately causes Noah to like blush and be embarrassed. And he had him read poetry out loud in order to get rid of the stutter, which it worked. And Allie's like, wow, the poetry was a good idea. And Noah is just like, like wishing he was anywhere stop. else. Dad, stop. So Frank then offers Allie some breakfast. He's like, you want some pancakes? <laughs> you want some pancakes, Allie? And Noah's like, it's 10 o'clock, Dad. But he's like, you can have pancakes whenever you want. So we go to their dining area and like just see Frank giving them pancakes. And he and Noah and Allie just enjoying each other's company. She fits right in. And it's, like, very cute. Duke tells us it was an improbable romance. He was from the country. She was from the city. She had the world at her feet, and he didn't have two dimes to rub together. My my big takeaways from this scene, one, love that Noah not only reads poetry but has a favorite poet. Right. Number two, clearly very close with his father, like, Mm-hmm. I think it's so sweet that he even, like, told his dad, oh, I met this girl. She's really great. She's really beautiful. Yeah. And number three, did you notice who plays the dad? Um, It's Sam Shepard. 
Are you fucking joking? Literally, it's Sam Shepard. Oh my god. Yeah. I because I looked up. I was like, wait, his name is Frank, right? And I didn't even notice <laughs> the name above on Google. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It, it's a great performance. Yeah, he he does a great job. I'm extremely endeared to him. Um, <laughs> for those who aren't familiar with Sam Shepard, he was an absolutely incredible playwright uh, whose work yeah. we studied a lot when we were in school. Um, and he was also like very good friends with a lot of our teachers and stuff. So um, it was it was delightful to to see him act in something because I've never seen him in a movie before. But he was an mm-hmm. actor too; like he has a pretty big filmography. Yeah, and he was in a lot of plays. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's incredible! Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> he does a great job. I yeah. really love that they. We not only get to see Allie's parents, but we get to see um, Noah's father. And mm-hmm. I think that adds a lot of depth to his character. Definitely. Yeah. So we then go to the beach and Allie is wearing this adorable little 40s bikini set. And she's chasing some seagulls and just jumping around in the water, having a silly, goofy time. And she asks Noah if he thinks she could have been a bird in a past life. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, reincarnation. I think I could. And she's jumping around. (laughs) She's con with the birds. (laughs) And, you know, she says, say I'm a bird. Say I'm a bird. And she jumps in Noah's arms. And he says, Uh you're a bird. And then she says, say you're a bird too. And he says, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Oh, Yeah. I thought that was so sweet. Yeah. And he's just he he kind of like throws the line away, which I think is why it works so well. I feel like if he put any emphasis on it, it would have sounded so yeah. cheesy. Right. It's not like if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Yeah. He's just like, if you're a bird, I'm, I'm a, bird. a bird, baby. Yeah. Like it's really <laughs> adorable. And mm-hmm. she has this gorgeous, you know, they love to wear a full outfit in the water yeah. in the nineteen forties, but it's so gorgeous. It's this cherry red mm-hmm. headband with matching shorts and top combo. Yeah, and she it's looks so cute. Gorgeous. So later on, we see Noah and Allie at this like hoedown with the neighborhood. Noah dances with this little kid. And then Frank brings Allie to the dance floor and they dance together. It is very like Titanic-esque where it's like, let's show right? you how the poor people do it. <laughs> right, right. I, I thought there were a lot of Titanic parallels. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene, we see the group, Noah and Allie and Finn and Sarah at the lake. Allie is like scared to swing on this rope and jump into the water. And I'd be like, me too, girl. <laughs> um, but Noah and Sarah are like, get in. He, and Noah's like, get in. Get in the water. I'm sorry, baby. Please, will you please get in the water? The charm, and the charm. <laughs> very charming. Riz turned up 100p. Mm-hmm. And she does eventually trust him and swing and jump into the water. Then in the car, Noah tries to show Allie how to drive stick. And they get into this insane argument. And Duke tells us they didn't agree on much. They hardly agreed on anything and fought all the time, but they were crazy about each other. 
We see them just like arguing and making up immediately mm-hmm. and making out. Very, um, I miss screaming and fighting and kissing in the rain. It's 2 a.m. and I'm cursing mm. your name. So, so in love true. that I act insane. And, and that's, that's the, the way, way I loved I you. Loved you. <laughs> yeah. So we go to Allie's house. Uh, Allie and Noah are furiously making out in his car when she's like, I have to go. And he says no. And he pulls her back for another kiss. And then, you know, she gets out. I think he gives her like a little slap on the ass as she runs back to the house. And she's about to bust through her front door when she notices her father sitting on the porch. Awkward. This man has the most ridiculous super villain mustache I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm shocked he's not twisting it the first frame we (laughs) see him. (laughs) Like, one of her first lines is like, Oh, daddy, like you kind of scared me. And I'm like, yeah, you scared I'm like, me. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. I'm freaking scared, bro. It's like that that sound on TikTok. I think it's from the Tyra Banks show where it's like, how many of you were scared? Yeah, I was really scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Is that when the girl faints? I can't remember. If I, get, I don't know if it's from the Tyra Banks show or if it's from America's Next Top Model, but it might be from America's Next Top Model. But yeah, that was that was what went through my thoughts. <laughs> I was really scared. I was really scared. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, oh, I see you be becoming friendly with that boy. Bring him around the house on Sunday so we can meet him. She says, okay. Gives him a kiss, good night, goes inside, and the dad just kind of laughs to himself and is like, oh boy. And this was a little bit, you know, subversive to what I expected, seeing this supervillain man sitting on the porch. Thought he was gonna be like, now listen here, you're not gonna see that boy again. He was like, no, like bring him around the house, didn't give her any mm-hmm. trouble for like making out with him. It was just like, ah, kids. Yeah. So I'm like, what's this dinner gonna be like? Mm-hmm. So Sunday comes around and we see Mr. Hamilton at the helm of the table. He tells like a racy joke, but I honestly don't understand it. He says, this bug goes, daddy, I don't understand. He goes, well, in theory, we're both millionaires, but in reality, we live with a bunch of whores. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if it's like a play on words. I kind of like really lost me. Yeah. So – He says this joke. A lot of people, like, laugh, probably because he's rich. And (laughs) Noah looks around. He doesn't laugh. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't get it either. (laughs) And then Mrs. Hamilton asks Oliver to remove the liquor decanter from in front of her husband. He's had a little too much to drink. Oh, Oh, remove remove the liquor decanter, (laughs) will you? (laughs) So Finn says he doesn't get it. And Sarah's like, pay attention. (laughs) Pay attention. This could make you money. Yeah. so then John asks Noah what he does, and he's like, oh, I work at the lumberyard with Finn. And then this woman, Mrs. Tuffington, says that's wonderful. And this guy named fucking Bodie asks Noah how much he makes. And everyone just looks at Noah. I'm like, this is wildly inappropriate. If he asked you, it would be like, how dare he? How uncouth. yeah. yeah. It's very much like Jack Dawson at the rich dinner in Titanic, you know? Very much, exactly. 
So Noah does answer. He says he makes 40 cents an hour, but he doesn't need much to live and he saves most of it. But it's definitely like a hiccup in the dinner Mm -hmm. for sure. It's just like a weird vibe. And Mr. Hamilton suggests they eat and Mrs. Hamilton continues to talk to Noah and Allie. She's like, well, you've gotten uh, pretty close this summer. You know, it must be pretty serious. And Noah's like, yes, ma'am. And she asks what they'll do now that summer is ending. And Noah's like, oh, well, Charleston is only a couple of hours away. And Mrs. Hamilton pauses. Oh, Noah, Allie got into Sarah Lawrence. Did you, like, not tell him? Do you not know? And Allie's like, hey, I just got the letter. Like, I was going to tell you. And Mrs. Hamilton tells Noah that Sarah Lawrence is in New York. And Noah's like, I didn't know that. And then Mr. Hamilton says, this talk is too stuffy for the dinner table. You know, let's let the children have fun. And Mrs. Hamilton says her lips are buttoned. And Mr. Hamilton starts, like, telling another joke about a nun and a bishop. Yeah. So, trouble in paradise. Yeah. Also, I'm sure this is very purposeful, but everybody at the dinner table is wearing white and Noah's the only one wearing black. So, it's a very heavy-handed black sheep reference. (laughs) They're like, how can we really show them he's different? Mm. Besides every other characteristic that we've already done. (laughs) In case he didn't get it, he sticks out. So later on, Noah and Allie take a boat out onto the lake and they're just, you know, goofing around, having a silly goofy time. He takes off his shirt. They jump into the water. And Allie's mom says that Noah has too much spirit for a girl of her circumstance. But Mr. Hamilton says, oh, it's just summer love. But Mrs. Hamilton says, it's trouble. we got trouble, my friends, mm-hmm. right here in River City. So we then go to Noah's house. Um, Allie has showed up and, you know, they meet on the front porch. They start making out. He starts to, like, feel her up. It's getting steamy. Whoa. And that's when Noah's dad, Frank, calls from inside, says, oh, is that Allie out there? And Noah asks Allie if she wants to go somewhere. My goodness. So they pull up to what I thought was a haunted house and (laughs) continue to reference it as such throughout my notes. So Noah takes Allie to this like abandoned rundown house. It's quite large. And he's like, just wait here. There's this like moment that I've really honed in on for some reason but when she gets out of the car she looks up and there's like a full moon can you imagine if this took like a turn for the supernatural they go to this haunted house it's a full moon i mean it kind of does later on in a weird way but anyways noah finds a lantern and asks sally to come in so they go inside and he explains to her that it's windsor plantation built in 1772 And there is a rumor that Francis Marianne proposed to his wife under these steps. And Allie begins to, like, trot up the stairs. But Noah's like, hey, be careful. They're literally all broken. Yeah, they're going to break your freaking neck. (laughs) Crumbling beneath your very feet. Do not go on these stairs. (laughs) So Allie's like, I like it. And Noah says that he wants to buy it one day and fix it up. And she asks about her, like, don't I get a say in this? And Noah's like, do you want a say? What? What? 
to have a future together? And Allie says, I would. And as for a white house with blue shutters and a room overlooking the river so she can paint and a big old porch that wraps around the entire house. And Allie makes him promise and Noah agrees. So they go into the next room over and Allie sits down at the piano and begins to play. Yeah. As she's playing, Noah comes over and starts kissing her and she says she can't play while he's doing that and they keep making out. She's like sitting on the piano bench. He's leaning over her. It's very hot. And then she asks him to make love to her. And then we cut like very abruptly to him just putting a sheet on the floor Mm -hmm. and they stand across from each other just taking off like their own clothes kind of one by one and, you know, taking each other in. They kneel down on the blanket. They start to make out, but Allie starts getting really nervous and she asks Noah to kind of talk her through it and he asks if she's okay and she just kind of like spirals a little bit she says she's having a lot of thoughts yeah and then says never mind but then is like oh what are you thinking about right now like in this moment right now what are you thinking about and he's like really silent (laughs) and (sighs) she asks if he knew this was going to happen when he brought her here and he says no and she's like well you didn't think like you didn't think about it at all and he's like no like i thought about it and then She asks what he thought and then realizes she's just talking too much. And she's like, listen, I'll just shut up. Like, mom's the word. But she just simply can't stop herself. She's obviously very nervous. And she asks Noah why he's so quiet and says, you know, she wanted this to be perfect. But now she can't shut up. And Noah, like, I think he, like, gets off of her around this point and doesn't say anything But then he tells Allie that he loves her and she says, I love you too. And he assures her that she doesn't have to do this if she doesn't want to, but she says that she wants to. Then who barges in but Finn? And Noah says, get out because they're obviously, you know, naked on the ground. But it turns out that Allie's parents have sent every cop in town out looking for her. So my goodness. Get yourselves dressed. Yeah. So Noah drives Allie back home immediately and she rushes in. She's like, why did you call the cops? Mr. Hamilton tells her it's 2 a.m. and they didn't know where she was. And I was like, oh, yeah, cell phones didn't exist. Yep. (laughs) So Noah tries to take the blame, but Mr. Hamilton tells Allie that he wants to speak to her alone. And before he goes to talk to Allie. He like walks out the lieutenant and asks Noah to sit down. So we go to like, um, I don't know, his office or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Allie talks to her parents about Noah and her mom asks her dad to forbid them from seeing each other. So very intense. She tells Allie that he's a nice boy, but he is trash and she won't throw her future away on him. And Allie tells her mom that she's not going to tell her who she can love. And she runs into her father's arms and tells him that she loves Noah. And he says he is not suitable for you. And Noah 
overhears this. Like he can hear what's going on. He understands. And Mrs. Hamilton tells Allie that she is 17. She doesn't know anything about love. But Allie says that she doesn't look at her dad the way she looks at Noah. They don't touch or laugh or play. She doesn't know anything about love. So it's really hard because it is one of those things where, like, when you're young, you don't have exactly the foresight Mm -hmm. to say, oh, yeah, like, this is real. This isn't real. It's like it's a very in-the-moment experience. This is her first love. And I do think it's really unfair that they're cutting it off prematurely, but – I can't say that if I were in their position, I would be like, yeah, don't go to college. Stay here with yeah, this guy. For sure. So. For sure. I, cause I didn't really know exactly the story so much, like the middle parts of this movie. Like I knew how it right. ended. Um, and I knew that like James Marsden was like the other guy. Mm-hmm. So I had always assumed that the premise of the story was that like, she has this summer thing with Noah, but she was always like engaged to James Marsden or her parents were like, you're going to marry James Marsden. So then when like (laughs) that wasn't the case, I was like, oh, this is actually like much chiller than (laughs) than that. Like they're Mm -hmm. not trying to just marry her off. They actually do want her to go to school. They want her to like have a life and a career and dreams and aspirations and stuff, which was a nice change from what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, I think she is a pretty rounded out upbringing and it's just very much rooted in yep you're gonna do all these things and you're gonna accomplish this and you're gonna marry someone who is also from a good family and like that's the plan like um it kind of reminded me a little bit of Lorelai just in like that really rigid you got to do this you got to do that type of thing yeah and also just the house in general, yeah. <laughs> like that the kind of rich where it's like, I feel like now we see houses in like TV shows where it's like, oh, they're rich. It's like very contemporary, mm-hmm. but it's always like old money that has like yeah. a very ornate, very expensive wood and mm-hmm. like this grand furniture. Yeah. Things that have been in the family for generations, like mm-hmm. that kind of vibe. Yeah. So Allie runs outside and she catches up with Noah who's leaving the house because obviously he's heard some pretty mean things said about him and his character and his his standing. And he's clearly been crying and she tells him that she's humiliated and he says it's okay and he wipes her tears and she calms down a bit. But he goes to get in his car and says that he has to go and think about some stuff. And Allie pulls him back and is like, no, I don't want you to leave. Like, talk to me. And he says, Allie, you're leaving. And I'm staying here. And, you know, I'm I'm happy that you're doing this, but you're going to have like a million things to do once you get to school. And Allie is really upset. She tells Noah not to talk like that. But he says it's true. You know, he's not going to have nice, fancy things. That kind of life is never going to happen for him. And Allie is really grasping at straws at this point because she doesn't want to lose him. And she says that she doesn't have to go to school. She can stay here. But Noah says no. 
you, you have to go to school. And then she suggests that he move to New York with her. But he asks what he would even do in New York. And she says, be with me. But, you know, obviously that's not enough. And Noah says he doesn't know, but like they'll figure this out later on. She asks if he's breaking it off and he says he just doesn't see how this is going to work. She begs him not to, but Noah just walks away. She then like runs up to him and, Mm -hmm. you know, says, if you're just going to break up with me, why wait till the end of summer? Just do it now. And she ends up pushing him and hitting him. And as she's hitting him, he starts like hitting himself too and. Allie says, fine, if you're not going to end it, then I will. It's over. We're over. He tries to reach out to her, but she won't let him touch her. So he gets in his truck and she yells at him to get out of here. She's kicking his truck. And as he's about to drive off, Allie is like, wait, are we really breaking up? Like, is this really happening? And as he drives away, she screams after him and says, this is just a fight that we're having. Like, tomorrow it'll be like it never happened. But... He just drives away. Mm -hmm. It's obviously not a very good dynamic in this relationship. Like, they have pretty poor communication skills. There's, like, physical violence involved. Like, we see every time she gets mad at him, she ends up hitting him, which is, like, not okay. And earlier in the movie, it's established that they just, like, fight all the time. And they clearly don't have good conflict resolution skills because their conflict resolution is just making out so they got lots to learn about relationships i would say they're pretty young for sure and i think that there are different types of i know that they don't communicate well but i do think some couples like just argue more like they bicker more and some couples don't but i don't think that if you bicker it's necessarily bad it's like no, only bad if it like festers. Yeah. But if it gets to the point where you're like where you're like fighting so much and you're slapping someone consistently, that's not good. Yeah, I mean like the physical part is like a bit weird. But yeah. I don't know. I definitely think they wouldn't put it in a movie in 2023. Yeah. So back at the retirement home, Duke and the woman who he's been telling the story to, walk outside and she says Allie must have been devastated. And he tells her she was. And she says he was only trying to do the right thing, but he should have told the parents to go to hell and stick it where the sun don't shine. And Duke is like, you are so right. I definitely agree. So he continues the story. The next morning, Allie wakes up to men packing up their bags and... Mrs. Hamilton tells her they are going home today. Allie is super upset. She says they're supposed to be here for another week. But Mrs. Hamilton is just like, go get dressed, have some breakfast. Willow will come and she'll help you pack up your stuff. But Allie says, no, I'm not going. And her mom is like, oh, you're going whether you like it or not. Even if your father has to carry you off on his shoulder. And Allie just runs off. Yeah, so Allie rides her bike to the lumber yard and sees Finn looking for Noah, but Noah is out on like a delivery or something. 
and she asks Finn to tell Noah that she loves him and she's sorry for everything. And Finn says that he spent all of last night with Noah. He's devastated, but it's over and she shouldn't make it harder than it has to be. And Allie says that it's not over. You know, they said some things they didn't mean, but, you know, it's not over. But Finn says it is over. Just leave it alone. And that's when Allie's mom shows up, honks the car horn and asks her to get in. And Finn tells Allie that it's time to go home. And, you know, if Noah wants to talk to her, then he'll write to her. So Allie thinks about it and she agrees and asks Finn to at least tell Noah that she loves him. So they hug. She says goodbye and gets in the car with her mom and they leave town. Later on, Noah gets back to the lumberyard and Finn relays the message. So immediately Noah jumps into his truck, drives over to Allie's house, but the gate is closed. It's already empty. And he actually drives like furiously so that when he gets there, he crashes into the gate, which was like a mistake in production. Oh my gosh. But it was a very dramatic and like the the shot was good. So they kept it in. Mm-hmm. So back at the retirement home, Duke says, summer romances end for all kinds of reasons. But when all is said and done, they have one thing in common. They are shooting stars, a spectacular moment of light in the heavens, a fleeting glimpse of eternity. And in a flash, they're gone. So Duke tells us that Noah wrote to Allie. He apologized and said he was stupid for breaking up with her. He wrote her to tell her he was still in love with her and that she should write back and he would come to wherever she was. We see Mrs. Hamilton looking through the mail and finding Noah's letter. And apparently Noah wrote 365 letters, one every single day, but they all went unanswered. I wonder why. Mm -hmm. Then, after a year, he wrote a farewell letter and decided to leave it all behind him. And then he and Finn packed their bags and moved to Atlanta. And we see them working on this, like, construction site, and Finn calls over to Noah on the job, and they listen to a radio broadcast about the war. Mm-hmm. World War II. Crazy. So Finn and Noah decide to enlist, and they were stationed in North Africa for two years, and then deployed to Patton's Third Army in Europe. So we see them walking through the snow when all of a sudden an airstrike starts, and Noah yells out for Finn, but it's very, like, chaotic. There are people getting killed, and when he finally finds Finn, he has already passed away. Um... It seems like he was shot. We don't see a wound or anything, Mm -hmm. but he has passed, and it's quite devastating. Meanwhile, Allie is in class, and the professor talks about Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Then we hear Duke say that Allie was in her third year of college when she volunteered as a nurse's aide, and we see her in this infirmary where all of these wounded military men are. And Duke says that to her, all the men in the ward were Noah, or a man who fought beside him. So she helps this guy, Lon, played by James Marsden. 
Oh, my love, James Marston is here. Piercing eyes through his basically full body cast. Mm -hmm. He is like both arms, legs, back, everything is in a cast. Yeah. And he says that he noticed she wasn't wearing a ring and he was hoping that he could take her out. And Allie is like, excuse me? And Lon clarifies that he wants to take her out on a date. And before she says no, she should know he is an excellent dancer and his intentions are dishonorable. <laughs> so Lon starts coughing and Allie's like, all right, Casanova, like, let's just lay you down. We need to get you better. So some time later, Allie is walking on campus with some of her girlfriends when they see this oh-so-handsome military oh, man what? leaning on this beautiful vintage car. And he calls out to Allie and says, I'm all better. Now, how about that date? And once mm -hmm. again, the man is just dripping with charm. Dripping. Can't help himself. He can't. So we see this montage. You know, Allie and Lon are dancing. And Duke says that Allie was surprised by how quickly she fell in love with him. He was handsome, smart, funny, sophisticated, charming, we see them going to the theater. She's wearing this like gorgeous gown that we only see for one second, but it's really beautiful. They ride horses on the beach. Duke says that Lon came from old Southern money and was fabulously wealthy. Yes. So pretty much everything that like the male equivalent of her stature yeah. in society. Mm -hmm. So one night they're at a jazz club with Mrs. and Mr. Hamilton. And while Allie's parents are dancing, Lon tells Allie that he's been thinking and he's been trying to come up with a reason why they shouldn't get married. And she asks why they shouldn't. And she's like, why shouldn't we? Like, why not? And he's like, yeah, I mean, I couldn't think of anything. But then your parents, you know, the problem is, I'm exactly the type of guy your parents wanted you to end up with. Decent job, from the South, great dancer, smart. And Allie, like, sticks her finger <laughs> in her throat, like, pretending to gag. And he tells her if she marries him, she will lose the lifelong battle of defiance against her parents. So as they're having this, like, kind of playful conversation, uh, the jazz conductor keeps going and they sing along to this little like bop and then Lon tells Allie he thinks that she has to marry him she needs to marry him and Allie is like oh yeah like why and he tells her if she does her parents will always know the unhappiness that she feels for not being able to disappoint them and Allie's like, well, there's one thing you might have overlooked. You might have overestimated their affection for you if you think they're going to give you their permission. And he's like, no, I don't think so because I already asked and they said yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Allie is like, what? And Lon gets down on one knee and proposes with a gorgeous ring. And, of course, Allie says yes He's like, make me the happiest man in the world and marry me. And once they get engaged, Lon 
gets on stage, shuts down everything. He's like, hold up, stop, stop playing. Me and that little lady are getting married. And Duke says Allie agreed with all her heart, but couldn't understand why. At that very moment, she said yes. Noah's face came to her mind. Wow. This girl is just so vibrant and effervescent that she has had not one but two incredibly good-looking, charming, funny, kind, sweet men just be obsessed with her. That's correct. I have nothing but respect for my queen. (laughs) (laughs) My queen. Meanwhile, Noah goes back home. He has, you know, returned to Seabrook. Is that the name of the town? Something like that. And he sees his dad out on the porch. They have a reunion and go inside the house. And that's when Frank hands Noah a check. He says that he sold the house. And between that and his GI Bill, now Noah will finally be able to get his dream house, the Windsor Plantation. Wow. And Noah is shocked, obviously, because, like, what a huge gesture. He's like, I couldn't possibly. But Frank says, no, I already talked to the bank. They're going to give you a loan. So Noah hugs him and is like, well, if you sold the house, where are you going to live? And Frank says, with <laughs> you, dummy. Who's, who do you think's going to help you fix up that old house there? So... They drive to the house and take a look, and Duke says that when Noah saw that house, he only saw one thing, Allie. Yeah. And he decided right there that he would fulfill his lifelong dream and rebuild the old house from the ground up. So Noah then goes to Charleston to get his building plans approved when fate stepped in to deal him a sweet card. So he's on the bus when he notices walking down the street is Allie. So he tries to get the bus driver to stop. He won't. So he just fully, you know, opens the door and gets out of this moving bus. He starts running down the street looking for Allie. He can't see her anywhere until he looks in the window of a restaurant where he sees Allie greet Lon with a kiss. He is devastated peeking through those blinds. And it really does feel like... Obviously, even though they haven't been together in years, like it feels like we're watching Allie cheat on Noah in this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because he's never stopped loving her and pining after her. Mm-hmm. But he just watches as they hold hands and they laugh together. And Duke says that after seeing Allie that day, something inside Noah snapped. He got the notion in his head that if he restored the old house where they had come that night, Allie would find a way to come back to him. Some called it a labor of love. Others called it something else. But in fact, Noah had gone a little mad. And we see Noah full bearded, putting together the finishing touches on the house. He paints it white just like she wanted. He gets those blue shutters just like she wanted. He got the wraparound porch. Mm -hmm. He is trying to manifest, you know? Yeah. So we go back to the retirement home where Nurse Esther comes in and um, she tells them it's time to eat. Or they're actually outside and she calls them in to eat. So they go to lunch and Duke gets the woman melon. He's like, it's really good. I I took a bite. And she's like, 
did Allie and Noah see each other again? But Duke is like, you know, I don't want to spoil the end before I get to the good part. Duke says that Noah's father died in November and the house was all he had. Then we see Noah with a beard and just shaggy hair looking down at the grave at this funeral. So he just seems kind of like detached and he's having a hard time. Yeah, he really doesn't have a support system anymore because Finn and Frank are gone now. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Allie is gone. So he's not really in a good position. It's also like very crazy how much facial hair can age a man. Oh, yeah. Because from the beginning, I'm like, he looks like a baby. Mm -hmm. And then in this part, I'm like, is he in his 40s? Like, what's going on? <laughs> well, they did actually. They shot it in reverse. So they shot all of like the later on scenes of Noah and Allie, like from the time jump forward first. And then he had mm-hmm. to like shave his beard and I think lose like 20 pounds for them oh, to wow. shoot the beginning, which is crazy. Yeah, but the Rachel McAdams, they're just like, uh, we'll dye your hair a they're little like, bit darker. Uh, we'll make you wear red lipstick. In the older scenes. Like that's yeah, really yeah, we the got thing it. they do. We got it. We nailed it down. <laughs> so we see like a passage of time montage thing. And Noah is finishing up the house. And he even has um, his picture taken for the paper. Duke says, Noah took a look at what he accomplished, got drunk for 10 days, thought about setting it on fire, and then put it up for sale. And then we see this guy offer to buy the house, but Noah declines the offer. And Duke says he always found a reason not to sell. Either the bids were too low or if they met the asking price, he always thought it was worth much more. So we see Noah rowing in the creek and Duke saying that he worked out his frustration with life on the creek every morning and in the evenings. To temper the sting of loneliness, there was Martha Shaw. So we see Noah in bed with Miss Martha Shaw. She is a war widow who lives the next town over. And she asks Noah if maybe he wants to spend some time with her tomorrow. They could go for a picnic or a drive, but he just makes a bunch of excuses and says no. She then asks what he wants from her and says that sometimes when he talks to her, he doesn't even see her. And a woman always knows when a man looks into her eyes and sees someone else. And Noah says he wants to give her all the things she wants, but he can't because they're gone and they're broken. And Martha just wipes her tears. And I feel so bad for Martha Shaw. She's really getting the short end of the stick. Like she, her husband passed away. Mm-hmm. This uh, The guy, the only guy that she is intimate with is like, can't be there for you the way her husband was. Sorry. Yeah. Like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, completely different life, Allie is going in for her wedding dress fitting, and everyone fawns over how beautiful she looks and just how Lon won't be able to take his eyes off of her. Yeah, it's like a super lacy wedding dress with these like mm-hmm. long sleeves. It's really beautiful. Allie's like, is the veil too much? And they're like, no, you look perfect. <laughs> then one of her aunts shows her the Daily Journal article and says her wedding will be the social highlight of the season. And I think maybe Mrs. Hamilton is like, this season, like, this town isn't going to know what hit them. Mm. Then Allie unfolds the paper and sees towards the bottom this picture of Noah next to the fully renovated Windsor Plantation and just faints, like, hits the ground. 
So we then cut to this really cool shot of Allie sitting in this gorgeous standalone clawfoot tub. Love Mm -hmm. a standalone tub. She has a drink in her hand and she's wearing her veil in the tub and obviously going through some emotional turmoil from seeing her lost love's face in front of the house he promised to build her. Oh. So Allie then goes to see Lon at work and she apologizes. This part is so inconsequential, but I feel it, it speaks a lot to Lon's character. She apologizes for interrupting and says she should have called. And he says, no, you never need to call. Guys, give yes. us a minute. And I'm like, Lon, my yes. man. <laughs> James Marsden, my fucking brother. Mm-hmm. Because if you show up. Yep. You know, sometimes you show up unannounced and maybe it's not the correct move. Maybe it's not the correct etiquette. But for him to say, you're my fiance. Like yeah. you never, if you need me, I'm here I'm for there. you. Yep. Yeah. I mean, this may be a little premature so early in the season, but could there be a Respectful King nomination for Lana? I don't know. Ooh. Maybe. A respectful man. He doesn't let money get in the way of uh, being a kind human being. Yeah, that's the thing. You expect him to be like, oh, this is going to be the rich douchebag. But no, he's actually a very kind, sweet, understanding Mm -hmm. man. Yeah. (laughs) So It's very much like, I get into his car and he he says, you look beautiful tonight and I feel perfectly fine. End of the song. Yeah. And ended the song there, yeah. But he like, you know, all the, the men leave his office. They sit down. And Allie says she doesn't paint anymore. And she used to really love it. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't I didn't know that. But you should. You should paint. And again, I'm like, yeah, he's not restricting her in any way. That's like kind of my issue with this movie is their fragment is like, oh, she can only be free and be herself with Noah. And then there's this guy who's like, yeah, you should do those things. Like, I think that's great that you have this hobby and he's perfectly supportive of her as well. So she could have that freedom in this relationship. But anyways. I think it's, there really isn't anything that he's doing wrong. No. I think it's more of her feeling like they're, and she says it later on, she's just like, when I'm with him, I'm a completely different person than when I'm with you. And I think there are definitely people who can be a great partner, but they don't give you that like fire, that like lust for life. That's true. Yeah. But it, it's it's simply the I feel perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. So he asks if everything's okay. Again, he's very in tune with her emotions. And she says she needs to get away take care of some things, clear her mind, and he asks if he should be worried. But Allie says she doesn't think so. And he's like, well, it doesn't really inspire confidence. Like, are you sure you're all right? And when she says yes, he says, okay, take your time, do whatever you need to do. He says that it's normal to get cold feet, but Allie assures him that she's not having second thoughts. And she kisses Mm. him and tells him that she loves him and she'll be back from Seabrook in a few days. In Seabrook, Noah is working in his workshop when he hears a car outside. Who could it be? It's Allie. (gasps) 
And she looks at the house. She marvels at it before locking eyes with Noah again after all these years. And she tells him she saw his picture in the paper and she wanted to come see if he was okay. Noah is too stunned to speak. Mm-hmm. And Allie goes back to her car. She's like, I'm, I'm a stupid woman. Like, I shouldn't have come here. And Allie starts to drive off. But <laughs> I did find this hilarious. Yeah. Um, she just smashes into his fence and her car stalls. Oh. And Noah's like, do you, you want to come in? <laughs> come in, please. So we go back to present day and this – mysterious woman gee i wonder who this couple could possibly be Mm -hmm. Um, this woman says this is a good story and duke says that he's glad she likes it she then says she thinks she's heard it before and duke says yes and the woman says well perhaps one more time the nurse then comes over because the doctor wants to see duke and duke assures this woman that he'll be back to finish the story The nurse then asks the woman if she would like to play piano while she waits. But this woman doesn't even know that she can play piano. And the nurse is like, yeah, you love to play the piano. You even know how to read music. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I I do. So in case you haven't put the pieces together yet, this is an important tool that will come back (laughs) later. (laughs) So while she's playing the piano – Duke goes to see the new doctor at the home, and we understand that he has had two heart attacks in the last 18 months. Oh, my gosh. He says the one was like a minor one, and he's like, I'm pretty sure the other one was angina, but that's pretty intense. So the doctor examines him and brings up how he reads to Miss Hamilton, and Duke is like, yeah, to help her remember. And the doctor, it's very 51st States. Like, mm-hmm. I know you want to get your hopes up, but this is like a degenerative disease. As the dementia progresses, it's not reversible. So I don't want you to get too excited when nothing's going to come of it. And Duke says, science only goes so far and then comes God. Yeah, there's definitely always some religious, right? A religious not even undertones, undertone, some overtone. overtones in Nicholas Sparks' media. He does love that. He's like chronic illness, not on God's watch. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly. So after that reference to God, Christ, um, yeah. <laughs> Our father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, Allie is seen playing that same old song on the piano. And I think that the doctor – or actually Duke says something like, oh, I forgot to turn the page for her. And the doctor is like, oh, well, it sounds like someone has done it for them. And Duke is like, no, that's her memory. Like she's playing from memory. Mm-hmm. And that is like a real thing. People who have Alzheimer's or dementia – they they have like the muscle memory to recall all mm-hmm. these songs that they don't like actively remember. Human brain, That's so wild, fascinating, it's so fascinating, yeah, it's so intense, yeah. So this is now the the grand reveal that this couple is actually Noah and Allie, or I guess it hasn't been revealed that it's Noah yet, but it is revealed that it's Allie. Yeah. So 
spoiler alert, we still don't know who she ends up with. Who could it be? So we go back into the story. Noah and Allie are sitting in his house, and she tells him that she is engaged to Lon Hammond Jr., and Noah recognizes the name as in Hammond Cotton. And I'm like, wow, those are some horrible implications there. And says that, you know, her parents must love him. And Allie says, he's a really good man, and Noah would actually like him. And Noah asks if she loves him. She says she does very much. And Noah says, well, that's that. You'll marry Lon and we can be friends. He then asks if she wants to stay for dinner. Aye, 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 aye. Well, slippery slope. <laughs> you stay for dinner. You stay for a drink. You, you stay, stay forever. Ever. <laughs> so at dinner, Allie is having a beer and she warns Noah that she is a cheap drunk and it'll just take her a couple more before he'll have to carry her out of there. And I'm like, oh, no, you'll have to spend the night. I'm sure you didn't plan for that. No, not at all. <laughs> and Noah tells her to go slow since he wouldn't want to take advantage of her. And Allie is like, I wouldn't dare. I'm a married woman. And Noah's like, not yet. Mm. Please don't marry him. And then Allie flashes her ring and Noah just stares at her. The ring is fucking huge. huge. Yeah. It's like emerald cut. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Yeah. And she asks what, and he's like, oh, nothing, just memories, you know, this room. And Allie realizes this is the room they almost had sex in and sees the old pe- <laughs> sees the old only had in the one <laughs> glass of wine. No, I was about to call it the old piano. And I was like, the why am I piano. doing that? <laughs> why am I doing that? <laughs> But yeah, she sees the piano. <laughs> she remembers what almost occurred. Mm. It's all coming back. Yes. So we go out onto the porch, and what's Noah doing? Oh my goodness, he's reading poetry, as men are wont wow. to do. <laughs> as men are wont to do when they want to get laid. <laughs> Literally. So, yeah, he's reading to her on the front porch. He's sitting on the swing. It's just like he used to read to his dad. And Allie says, it was real, wasn't it? You know, we were just a couple kids, but we really loved each other, didn't we? Aw. And then she's like, I should go. I should leave. Yeah. Noah walks Allie to her car and asks if she'll come back tomorrow morning because there is a place he'd like to show her, and Allie agrees. And Duke says she had come back into his life like a sudden flame blazing and streaming into his heart. So Duke reads that Noah stayed up all night contemplating the certain agony he knew would be his if he would lose her twice. Present day Allie says she wishes she could figure out the end of the story. And that's when a nurse comes over to say, oh, your children are here. And... Allie is confused and she says, no, no, they're his children. So they come over and say hi to their dad. So you're like, oh, did Noah have like kids with someone else? What's up? They meet Allie. They all sit down and she kind of like looks at them all expectantly, but nobody says anything. And she's like, well, I guess I'll go take my afternoon nap. And Duke tells her that he'll read more to her later. 
Mm-hmm. And Allie tells the kids that she's so happy to meet them all before going off with the nurse. Duke's daughter then tells him that she seems really good today. And Duke says there's something about today. Maybe it's a day for a miracle. And that's when Duke's other daughter asks him to come home. Mom doesn't know us Ugh. or even recognize Ugh. you. You shouldn't have to live here. I fucking lose my ability to mm-hmm. comprehend. I'm like, at this point, a puddle. Yeah. Of emotion. Yeah. They offer to take shifts visiting Allie, but Duke says that's his sweetheart in there. He's not leaving her. This is his home now because Frick, Allie dude. is his home. <sighs> I feel like once you have grandchildren, yeah, you can do that. Like you can just be like, you know what? Fuck y'all. <laughs> fuck them fuck, kids. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Not him. He's cool. Fuck you. Yeah. Because like they have their lives mm-hmm. and you kind of just got to like be there yeah. for your partner. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of um, – because I've been rewatching Grey's Anatomy and there's actually a lot of Alzheimer's storylines in the show. I can't handle that. Because Meredith Grey, her mom, has Alzheimer's. Right. Yeah. And then the chief had like an affair with her. It was like a whole thing. But the chief, his wife, she also gets Alzheimer's. So that's like the second woman in his life that he has loved that's like gotten Alzheimer's. And he ends up having to like put her in a home because he can't care for her and like work at the hospital and everything because she like – she has a few incidences, so he has to put her in a home, and she forgets who he is, and she actually, like, starts having a relationship with somebody in the facility, and it, like, only upsets her for him to be around, so he, like, has to stop visiting her because it just, like, upsets her and confuses her, and she's now, like, with this other guy. It's, like, so I devastating. I can't watch Grey's Anatomy. It's it so devastating. It like heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. I did see one episode – of it was like Meredith and she was like really worried about getting um like dementia like her mom got um I mean I have only seen up to like I don't know season like 17 and there's like 70 seasons right I think they're on like season 20 something now um but as far as I've seen she's not gotten Alzheimer's but she does get tested to see if she has the Alzheimer's gene and she does Ooh. Yeah. Fuck. Should I get tested to see if I have an Alzheimer's gene? Uh, maybe. Should I? <laughs> I'm terrified to know, though. Let's do 23andMe on the company dime. Yeah. Give them, give them our DNA. Sell our DNA. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, tell us, should we try to get 23andMe as a sponsorship? I mean, there's sell my DNA. I know there's a lot of problematic uh, stuff with with those companies, so probs not. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, I'm like, I don't want to know anything. I want to be ignorant for as long as I can be. It's for future Christina to deal with. I think I want to know. Yeah. I mean, if you have the gene, does that automatically mean you get it though or no? No, not necessarily. I would want to know if I had like the breast cancer gene. You could you could honestly probably get tested yeah, for Yeah, and then I would do then, the preventative right. surgery. Right, right, right. So right. I would be I would like do that, but I'm not I'm not done any like genetic testing. So I don't know what kind of situation we're dealing with in here. But I think both my parents have done the 
like find out where you come from mm. type of thing. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, like if they're going to use the genetics against me later on, fuck it. Because <laughs> by that time, it'll be so dark. Mm. Like it'll be so sc- – everything will be so screwed up. Right. That it won't even matter that they have my genes. Yeah. They'll have all you of them. You already have my medical history. True. That's bad. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm relatively healthy, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess if you don't plan on committing any like crimes, then what are they going to use oh, it for? Because they use someone's like 23andMe mm-hmm. shit. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Or if like if you've done 23andMe and like someone related to you does a crime, they can trace them through yours. Like it, it you know. Mm-hmm. So, but. I guess DNA evidence has really evolved. Mm -hmm. It used to be – maybe I'm just going off of the fictional book we read (laughs) about, like, the the faulty DNA shit. No, no. It's it's real. I've, I've, you know, dabbled in some true crime myself. You've you've dabbled in some dark rabbit holes on Mm -hmm. the internet. Absolutely, I have. Yeah. DNA testing has come a long way Mm -hmm. since, like, even just the 90s, you know? Yeah. But all this is to say – Alzheimer's and dementia are incredibly sad diseases. Yes, absolutely. So Allie goes back to her hotel in Seabrook, and that night she gets a phone call from Lon asking how she's been because he hasn't heard from her since she's left. And he asks if there's anything she wants to tell him, and she's like, nope, nothing. And she tells Lon she loves him, and she'll call him tomorrow. Poor understanding respectful lawn yeah you got another I thing mean, coming sweetheart he really doesn't know the half of it yeah. and i feel like it's just one of those touchy situations i don't know the answer <laughs> i don't know why i'm saying that like someone's going to ask me why this is Someone's holding you at gunpoint, being like, answer yeah. the fucking I question. I fucking know the answer. <laughs> but in any case, the next morning, Allie goes back to Noah's house, and she goes into his workshop and sees all the furniture that he's built. Oh, my God. He's a craftsman now. Bro, get me a man who works with his hands. Yeah. It's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love me uh, an artistic man who like is talking about his emotions and all this stuff but i also on another level and i'm like oh my god you know how to do things around the house what what when i tell you i only want three things and it is to be picked up without the guy shaking right (laughs) um have have things uh done in my apartment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I don't know. What's the third one? Uh, like offering to do the fucking dishes. Right. I don't know. Just, just, just spit mostly the first two, <laughs> right? Yeah. The, sh- the no shaking policy and the fucking fix it policy. Right. Yeah. Big ups. Yeah. Big, huge, important things. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, I had to change my own shower head by myself. I will not be doing that. I had to use a wrench. <laughs> I've never used a wrench in my life. So I, I didn't even know that I had one. I had to, like, dig in my hall closet to find it. Oh, my gosh. And I had to, like, get Matt on FaceTime and be like, am I doing this right? And he's, like, walking me through it. And I'm like, wow, 
really feeling the stereotypical like woman doesn't know how to use tools thing going right now like i'm so independent in so many ways but i shouldn't have to use tools i'm a girl (laughs) those aren't for me (laughs) it's it's that i don't i mean for i also needed to fix my shower head but i do want my like there's a handyman yeah where i'm like i'm gonna I'm going to make him do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to weaponize, weaponize my incompetence and I'm not going to use tools. <laughs> That's right. what I'm going to do. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You know why? Because men weaponize their incompetence in other ways. Exactly. I know you know how to make hummus. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But I would say like you fucking get your gals together. Mm. You guys are rip roaring, putting up curtains, pictures, yeah. decor up the ass. Mm-hmm. Is it too much to ask a simple gentleman to perhaps fasten some hooks yeah. and make make a, a few uses drill here and there? <laughs> I think I think not. If you have a GF or a non-binary F that you want to do that, by all means, yeah. By all means, the point means. is make someone else do it. That's really that's what, we're what I'm at. saying. <laughs> that is my point here. <laughs> yeah, because. Actually, I'm very good at building furniture. Like, I have no issues with building furniture. Our friend's dad actually paid me when we moved into our Brooklyn apartment, Emery, not to out you on the pod, but her dad paid me to put her bed together because she didn't know how. And I just put the same one together the day before. So, like, I'm great at putting furniture together. I will gladly do that. But if you ask me to use a tool that doesn't come in a kit with an instruction right, right, booklet, right, 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 right. don't. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me to do it. When I tell you Jeff uh, fucking compensates his mm-hmm. workers. He does. He does. He does. <laughs> Shout out he to does. Jeff. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff. Because I also know that Cameron helped moving Emery out at some point. Mm-hmm. And he was compensated. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, honestly, Jeff has the right idea. Get yeah. someone else to do it for you. That Exactly. Pay for labor, get it done. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but in any case, yeah, Noah's a, a he's a woodworker, he's a craftsman, and he makes his own furniture. <laughs> so he's standing on like the upper level of this workshop and, you know, glancing down at his gal and says, Oh, we better get going. The rain's coming in. Mm. So Noah takes Allie on a boat ride through this gorgeous lake filled with geese and she says it's like a dream and he gives her some bread to feed the birds and she asks what they're doing here and he says that the geese are supp- oh wait I don't know why I said it like that <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here the geese are supp- <laughs> <laughs> fuck it <laughs> So Ali asks what the geese are doing here, and he's like, oh, they're supposed to migrate to Guatemala, and they're going to go back to where they came from. And it's kind of just like a really pertinent, pertinent, yes, a really pertinent analogy because Ali is also here, but she has to go back to where she came from. Mm -hmm. And Ali tells Noah that he's different, the way he looks, everything. He tells her she looks different too, but in a good way. And Allie says he's kind of the same though. And he really did it. It's beautiful what he did with the house. And Noah tells her, he promised he would. He promised her. 
And that fucking destroyed me, bro. Yeah. And they hear thunder rumbling in the distance. It's time to go back to the shore. So Noah just paddles them back and the rain starts and Allie uselessly holds her scarf over her head. It's like drenched. And they both start laughing. Allie loves a good laugh, a little, a little giggle. giggle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <sighs> Yeah, so they make it back to the dock, pouring rain, and as Noah's tying up the boat, Allie finally gets up the courage to ask why he never wrote her. Oh, bitch, you're not ready. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's ready for what's coming. So she says, it wasn't over for her. She waited for him for seven years, and now it's too late. And he says, I wrote you 365 letters. I wrote you every day for a year. And she is shocked, like mouth agape, mm-hmm. as we all are. And Noah says, it wasn't over. It still isn't over. And she is once again shocked, as we all are. And he goes for a fucking open mouth kiss. Let me grab you and just start making out. And this is, of course, the climactic kiss of the movie, the iconic kiss mm. filled with passion. Yes. So Noah picks Allie up. They're kissing. He's he not shaking her. at all, picking her he up. He's sturdy <laughs> as a fucking rock. A rock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he walks her back to his house. They make out. They take off each other's clothes. And he carries her up the stairs to his bed. He pulls off her tights. There's like a very leggy scene. Yeah, he like looks at her. I was like, oh my yeah. god, stop. <laughs> it's all very intense. It's mm-hmm. all very intense. And afterwards, Allie laughs to herself and she's like, you've got to be kidding me all this time. And that's what I've been missing. And she's like, let's do it again. <laughs> I'm like, so here's another fact, girly. They won't be able to for a minute. He needs a refractory period. You're going to have to wait it out a little bit. Yeah. But the way they cut the scene, too, I'm like, how long did it last? Right. Seems brief. Because I'm like, that line could also be read as like, oh, that's what I've been missing all along. Built it so much more up in my head. That's obviously not what she means, but... Yeah, apparently the director just, like, is really uncomfortable with sex scenes. He was like, I wanted to keep it brief (laughs) and appropriate for children. I'm like, kids shouldn't be watching this movie anyways. This is for grown-ups. Right. But we then cut later on. We're in front of the fireplace. They, you know, have continued their romp through the house. And Allie is brushing Noah's hair while he sleeps. And she wakes him up. She rolls on top of him, and he's like, oh, you're trying to kill me. I need rest and food so I can regain my strength. And this moment is really cute, and she asks him what he wants, and like between each kiss, he's like pancakes and bacon and some chicken. You know, he's starting to get that playful edge back after he's been just so solemn and isolated Mm -hmm. for seven years. It's a long time. Yeah, men love to be like, I'll never know love again. Yeah, they have one heartbreak as a teenager and they never let it go. (laughs) Exactly. So they then hear a car door outside and it is Martha coming to see Noah. I think she's even like holding a pie or something too. So Noah comes to the door, gives her like a kiss on the cheek and Martha says, 
she's the one, isn't she? Because she sees, mm-hmm. like, you know, a car in front of the house. It's Allie's. And she yeah. asks to meet Allie. And Noah says it's not a good idea, but Allie comes to the door anyways and introduces herself and says she's heard so much about her and invites Martha in. Yeah. So later that night, after they've hung out for, it seems like, hours, Noah walks Martha to her car, and Martha says Allie is sensational. She's really glad she came. And this part, like, is so heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. She says... She'd forgotten what it's like for the first time since she lost her husband. She feels like she has something to look forward to. And Martha strokes his face and gives him one last kiss before getting in her car and driving off. I want to know more about Martha. Like, I want to see her story. I know that he did a sequel to The Notebook, but it's about, like, one of their kids falling in oh, love boring but i'm like Yawn. give me the martha spinoff story mm-hmm. widow finds love again exactly i'm there I'm like, how do you rebound or not rebound but just like how do you move forward after that it's mm-hmm. it's must be so difficult especially yeah. i'm sh- i'm assuming just from the way they interact that she probably is like a child um I'm not sure she definitely seems older than him yeah. Yeah. But it it is seems like she really loved her husband and yeah. lost him and he was like for her no was never the answer. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just like a mutual need to feel a human connection. Yeah. Definitely. So the next morning, Allie wakes up to flowers on Noah's pillow next to her. And a note in some very nice penmanship, actually, saying that he's gone out to get breakfast and to follow the arrows for a surprise. So Allie follows the arrows laid out on the floor and sees that Noah has set up an art studio for her, just like he said he would. And this leads me to believe that he, like, had all of this there for years, just waiting for her, which is doubly devastating he fucking built this house for her (laughs) so later on we see Allie painting topless on the upstairs balcony and she hears a car pull in so she runs downstairs assuming it's dressed noah wrapped in her blanket and hears a knock at the door but it's her mother (gasps) oh so Allie goes out to the porch and her mom says that lon is on his way here Her dad spilled the beans about Noah, and when Lon didn't get a call from her last night, he decided to come. So Allie confronts her mom about the letters, and she's like, you watched as I cried myself to sleep for months and never said anything. And her mom apologizes, and Allie says she ruined her life. And her mom says it was wrong of her, but to stop being traumatic and take some responsibility— She is the one who came down here, and she knew that this would happen. And that's true. True. Yeah. That's true. So Allie calls her mom unbelievable, but her mom is like, get some clothes on. We're going for a drive. And Allie's like, why would I go anywhere with you? But her mom is like, because I know you a little better than you think I do. And I don't want you waking up one day thinking if you'd known everything – you might have done something different. 
So Allie's mom drives them to this construction site and she points out one of the workers and says, you see that man over there? 25 years ago, that man was really something. We were crazy about each other. And did you notice who plays this man? No, who is it? Fucking Dan Scott from One Tree Hill. No fucking way. (laughs) No fucking way. Uncredited in like a little fake mustache and a newsboy cap. It's Dan Scott. No, it is not. It is. No, it is not. Because I had to pause and I was like, wait a second. I know that How face. Do you recognize these faces, bro. <laughs> Holy f- Wait. What's his name name? Paul Johansson. Oh my god. That's so crazy. It's so crazy because like if you knew he was Dan Scott, you would have married him. Right. Cuz he he has the money. Did have money. He, yeah. <laughs> But also, like, Dan Scott only had money because his wife's Yeah, he didn't actually have money. money. Deb had the money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. But crazy. It goes back so deep. It <laughs> all integrates back into history. There's so much lore. But, yeah, had to had to point that out because it's fucking insane. But, anyways, back, back to the story. 25 years ago, she had a, a thing with this man. And they had decided to run away together. But they didn't even make it to the next town before the police picked them up because her dad called. And she says sometimes when she's in the area, she stops here and watches him and tries to picture what her life would have been. And she's like fully crying at this point. She wipes her tears and says, I need you to know I love your father. He's a wonderful man who is good to me and I don't deserve him and I love him. I really do love him. And Allie is... So, like, shocked by seeing her mother like this. And she hugs her and says, Mom, I know. It's okay. And her mom says, this is so embarrassing. I'm just a stupid woman. Which I thought was an interesting parallel because Allie also says that about herself when she goes to see Noah. And Allie's mom makes eye contact with Dan Scott, with her man, and says, I don't even know who that person is. But only because you didn't want him in your life. Yeah. I'm glad at least she didn't end up like married to an evil man. Right. But it is sad. There's no right answer. Yeah. But they drive back. And as Mrs. Hamilton drives back to Noah's house, they see Lon's car parked outside the hotel. And she drops Allie back off at the house. And gives her a hug while Noah is waiting. He's waiting for her with flowers on the porch. No. And Allie starts walking back to the porch, but her mom stops her and grabs the bundle of Noah's letters for her from the trunk and says she hopes she makes the right choice. And I'm like, she wants him to pick Noah. She wants Allie to pick Noah, right? Am I fucking crazy here? Or does she just want her to have, like, all the facts? I don't – I genuinely don't know. Like, I really don't know where she lands because it seems – it seems to me, like, if she wanted her to pick Noah, then she wouldn't have, like, brought her to see, like, this man that she also had because it seemed like she was leaning that way anyway. So she was like, oh, I don't want you to make a decision without knowing everything. I guess, yeah. 
So Allie goes up to Noah and tells him that Lon's here in town. And Noah asks Allie what she's going to do, but she says she doesn't know. And he gets very upset and is like, are we back here? Like, what about the last couple days? They happened. And Allie says they were wonderful, but also very irresponsible. And Noah kicks his chair. And Allie says that she has a fiance back at a hotel who is going to be crushed when he finds out. And I think at this point, we just need to go right into the dramatic reading. I agree. Do you want to be Allie or Noah? I don't have a preference. It's up to you. I'll be Noah. Okay. (laughs) So you make love to me and then you go back to your husband. Was that your plan? Was that a test I didn't pass? No, I made a promise to a man. He gave me a ring and I gave him my word. And your word is shot to hell now, don't you think? I don't know. I'll find out when I talk to him. This is not about keeping your promise. And it's not about following your heart. It's about security. What is that supposed to mean? Money. What are you talking? He's got a lot of money. Now I hate you, you smug bastard. Well, I hate you. If you leave here, I hate you. Well, have you been paying attention to anything that's been happening? I guess not. I think I must have misread all those signals. I guess you did. You're bored. You're bored and you know it. You wouldn't be here if there wasn't something missing. You arrogant son of a bitch. Would you just stay with me? Stay with you? What for? Look at us. We're already fighting. Well, that's what we do. We fight. You tell me when I'm being an arrogant son of a bitch and I tell you when you're being a pain in the ass, which you are 99% of the time. I'm not afraid to hurt your feelings. They have a two-second rebound rate when you're back doing the next pain in the ass thing. So what? So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard, and we're going to have to work at this every day. But I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you forever, you and me, every day. Will you do something for me? Please, will you just picture your life 30 years from now, 40 years from now? What's it look like? If it's with that guy, go. Go. I lost you once. I think I could do it again if I thought it's what you really wanted. But don't you take the easy way out. What easy way? There is no easy way. No matter what I do, somebody gets hurt. Would you stop thinking about what everyone wants? Stop thinking about what I want, what he wants, what your parents want. What do you want? What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? It's not. God damn it. What do you want? I have to go. I don't know why we weren't cast for that. Yeah, that was literally amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a huge scene. So much, so much is said. So much happens when Uh, he keeps repeating. What do you want? That was improvised by Mr. Gosling. He's so Um, good. Does he study Meisner? He's just just so good. He does do like method. So I don't know. Mm. But. Yeah, when he keeps yelling at her, what do you want? It very much makes me think of why, why did you drop out of Yale? Oh, fucking hell. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't (laughs) even talk about it. Yeah. But they're both so good. They're so dropped in in this scene. And this is where we get to see that, you know, fiery, maybe real life hatred slash love uh, bubbling in. Mm Mm-hmm. But ultimately... Noah walks away. Allie gets in her car and she drives off. So as Allie drives away from Noah, 
she is in tears and almost swerves into another car. She pulls over and she starts reading Noah's last letter. It says, My dearest Allie, I couldn't sleep last night because I know that it's over between us. I'm not bitter anymore because I know what we had was real. And if in some distant place in the future we see each other in our new lives, I'll smile at you with joy and remember how we spent a summer beneath the trees, learning from each other and growing in love. The best love is the kind that awakens the soul and makes us reach for more, that plants a fire in our hearts and brings peace to our minds. And that's what you've given me. That's what I'd hope to give to you forever. Can you believe a teenager wrote that? No, I can't. And he didn't. No. Never. So Duke finishes off reading the letter, and Allie says, that's a beautiful story, but it makes her feel sad. And he says he knows that she feels lost right now, but nothing is ever lost or can be lost. The body, sluggish, aged, cold, the embers left from earlier fire shall dully flame again. And Allie asks if he wrote that, and he says no. It was Walt Littman. And Allie says, I think I knew him. And he says, I think you did. He then asks if they should go inside, since it's getting chilly. And they go inside where a candlelit dinner has been set up for them. Oh my god. Allie looks at the sunset and says she's never seen anything so beautiful. And Duke looks at her and says, neither have I. And I almost wonder, though, like, if you get this deep in love, mm-hmm. is it just pain? Is it just fucking pain <laughs> in the end? I mean, not. I hope not. Not always, at least. But they sit down at the table and they cheers their little cups of grape juice. And Allie asks what happens next in the story. Who did she choose? Back at the hotel, Lon and Allie talk. And he tells her that he has three choices. He can shoot Noah, kick the crap out of him, or he can leave her. But all that's no good because none of those options get him her. And in spite of everything, he loves her. Oh my gosh, Lon. James Marston. So Allie tells him she loves him too. And Lon says he meant what he said when he gave her that ring. And Allie says she did too. It's just that when she's with Noah, she feels like one person. And when she's with him, she's someone totally different. And Lon says it's normal not to forget your first love. He loves her, but he wants her for himself and doesn't want to have to convince his fiance to be with him. Allie says he doesn't have to. She already knows she should be with him. You can't put... Two of the most charming men in Hollywood in front of me Pissing and ask me, me ask me to root for one over the other. I'm not gonna do it. I will not do I it. I will I will not pit these men against one another. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, he's just Lon is just so understanding and kind and respectful. He never pushes her, he never pressures her. And he also, like, isn't going to just let 
himself be a doormat. He's like, I'm not going to yeah. like make you be with me. If you don't want to be with me, I'm not going to be with somebody who doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she uses the word should, like it's over. <sighs> so back at the nursing home, Duke says, and they lived happily ever after. And Allie asks, who? Who did? And then she remembers and says, oh, yes, of course. So at Noah's house, Noah is wrapped in a blanket. He's in bed. And he hears a car approaching and runs to the balcony. It's Allie with her suitcases in hand. And he goes downstairs and Allie runs up and hugs him and he wraps her in the blanket. Wow. So in present day, Allie remembers now and says, it was us. Mm -hmm. And she starts crying and who we now finally have confirmation is Noah, hugs her and kisses her and they say that they love each other. And she asks, what has happened to her? And he says, she just went away for a little while. She asks how much time they have. And he says, last time it was only five minutes. Oh. He is reading her this story every single day just for the hope that he can get just five minutes. Pain. (sighs) Noah then turns on the song, I'll be seeing you for them. And they start slow dancing. Allie asks about the children, and he says they're good. They came by earlier with the grandkids. Allie says time flies right on by and asks him to tell them she loves them and that she's sorry. She then asks if they could just get in a car and go for a drive and get out of here. But he says, sorry, darling, not tonight. Then Allie asks why he called her darling. She doesn't know him. And this, like, sudden change is just heart-wrenching. Heart-wrenching. Allie becomes really upset, very confused, and Noah tries to hug her and get her to stay with him, but she pushes him away and asks who he is and what he's doing here and just becomes, like, very, very scared and screams out for help. The nurses rush in. The doctor has to rush in and restrain her and give her a sedative. And Noah just cries as he watches his wife. Yeah, this is actually the part in the movie where I cried. I really only cried at this part. Yeah. Um, just because it's so devastating to see how quickly she sundowns <sighs> and, like, the yeah. pain in Noah's eyes. Like, Truly, the parts that made me the most emotional was, like, this older couple rather than watching the flashback scenes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I was crying throughout the fucking entire movie. It was really, <laughs> really a hard time for me. Yeah. So later that night, Noah is in his bed, and he looks at all these old pictures of him and Allie over the years. And he looks at this notebook he's been reading from, and on the front it says, The Story of Our Lives by Allison Hamilton Calhoun. To my love, Noah, read this to me, and I'll come back to you. Mm. It was also interesting to me how the pictures of young them are like pictures of these actors when they were young, not pictures of Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling. So that makes me, like, it kind of leads me to believe that what we've been seeing with Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling is like a dramatization of their story, but like yeah. not actually them. 
Right, right. Because like in Allie's mind's eye, she's not recognizing these people as them. So she's using like placeholder Mm -hmm. faces for them. Yeah, that's a good point. I I noticed that as well. Like even um, pictures that kind of seemed like older, Mm -hmm. like not as recent, they were also of the actors. Yeah. So the next morning, Noah in this like present day version, he gets rushed to the hospital because he's having another heart attack and Allie watches as he's taken out in a gurney. And the nurses try and bring Allie into the dementia wing where a bunch of people are just kind of sitting around in wheelchairs. Um, People aren't very reactive in this wing. Mm -hmm. Then Noah has recovered. He's back in the nursing home. This part happens like so fast. I feel the end is actually like very clunky compared to the rest of the movie. It feels super rushed. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, now like Noah's back in the nursing home. And one night he sneaks out of his room trying to see Allie, but the nurse stops him because it's against the rules. He says he misses her, but the nurse says he has to go back to his room. But as for her, she's going to go downstairs and get a cup of coffee so she won't be back to check on him for a while. So don't do anything foolish. And they also show, like, Noah looking at the cup of coffee on her desk, which is full. So, obviously, yeah. she's, you know, giving him time to go see her. So, we make it to Allie's room, and she wakes up and recognizes Noah. And he apologizes for not being able to read to her for a while. And she says she was afraid he was never coming back. But Noah says he'll always come back. And Allie asks, what's going to happen when she can't remember anything anymore? And Noah says he'll be here. He'll never leave her. Allie asks if he thinks that their love can create miracles. And he says he does. That's what brings her back to him each time. Allie asks if he thinks their love can take them away together. And he says their love can do anything they want it to. So he leans over and kisses her. And they say, I love you. And he gets into bed next to her and they hold hands and they say goodnight and he says, I'll be seeing you. So in the morning, the nurse goes into Allie's room and sees Allie and Noah laying next to each other, holding hands. She touches them and clearly they're, they're cold because they have passed in their sleep. Mm-hmm. And then we just cut to a shot of birds flying away. Yeah. The end. It ends so suddenly. It's weird. It feels very Titanic-esque also, this like simultaneous passing. Yeah. It just, I don't know. I also, I think because like so many people are like, oh my God, like the last scene of the notebook is so sad. And like I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And then when we got there, I was like, this doesn't feel earned to me. Like, it just happens so quickly mm-hmm. and it's so clumsily done. They also go from this constant interjection of their younger selves to just, they're like, yep, done. They decide to be together. Boom. Yeah. Retirement home. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, they're dead. And then there's birds. And then the credits, like, immediately start rolling. I did not think the credits were going to start. I thought there was at least a little bit of a 
fade to black anything <laughs> anything i was shocked um yeah so i don't know if there was some sort of deleted scene or what that situation was like but it was it was weird for sure like even if they ended on a shot of like noah and ally sitting on their porch watching birds fly away i'd be like okay i'd be like okay yeah sure got it but yeah that was that was the notebook so mm-hmm. what what did you think what are, what are your final thoughts yeah i mean i i sometimes i like to watch a rom-com just get jerked the fuck around mm-hmm. and like be like now i'm crying now i'm laughing now i'm crying mm-hmm. um just kind of get that wash over feeling of different emotions yeah and i really felt like i let myself indulge in the notebook and just kind of like ebb and flow with like the sad times and the like and fun times and i was like really going through the fucking (laughs) like going through it Mm -hmm. watching it Mm -hmm. which i think that like speaks to the potency of the film but then other parts i was like like, I get it, you know? Like, this ending really, like, left a lot to be desired. Um, I thought some parts felt like there were too many montages. Mm-hmm. It was like, I want to see the one-on-one scenes. That's what I really came here for. Yeah. But overall, I mean, it's a good movie. Like, I would watch it again. I would watch it with Josh. Um, what do you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I went into it, honestly, with, like, pretty low expectations because I know that, like, this movie was extremely popular and then it was, like, memed to death and, like, it's just so in the zeitgeist that I knew a lot about it going in, but I was just kind of like, I don't know if I'm really going to like this. I'm not a huge Nicholas Sparks fan, but honestly, I did enjoy it and I really credit that to Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams pulling so much weight with this pretty lackluster script and their chemistry really carried a lot of it. Definitely. And I too love to be like really fucked up by a romantic like comedy or drama where I just watch it and just, you know, sob my eyes out. That's why I love, love Rosie. (laughs) Um, But there were just parts of this story that didn't like quite, hit for me i did have a hard time really suspending my disbelief over like the way that these two people feel about like a i don't know two-month relationship when they were 17 once they're in their like mid-20s and especially like i don't know if you're lawn and you've been with somebody for years and then they're like just kidding i'm going back to this guy that i had a fling with when i was a teenager like that's pretty crazy Yeah. (laughs) So I had a hard time, like, suspending my disbelief with some of those things. But I did enjoy it. Like, I had a good time watching it. It's something that I would watch again. But I think you do have to be in the right headspace for it and also be ready for, like, those very emotionally hard-hitting moments with the older version of Allie and Noah. Like, those are the moments that I like the most. And I honestly wish that they didn't spend so much time trying to, like, misdirect us or like keep it shrouded in mystery like oh is yeah. it Allie and Noah like you can you can see that coming from like a mile away just like tell us it's them and i would love to see more of like those moments between them because that part i felt was the most i don't know true to life and devastating 
part of it that really showed how like their love endured. So yeah. I mean, the yeah. parts where they're younger are definitely the amped up bits. Yeah. It's not like the day to day. I think that the guy, the actor who played, I, I think he's famous. Like, I've definitely seen him in a lot of stuff, but the actor who played Duke did a fantastic job. Oh, James Garner. Yeah. Yeah. Of just like bringing us through the story and mm-hmm. being this gentle man, just dedicating the rest of his life to his wife and making sure she has the best quality of life possible. Mm-hmm. Especially in an era of the 2000s where every narrative was like a guy who hates his wife. So right. to see a guy who is so devoted to his wife, very refreshing. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, like, the chemistry between Noah – or uh, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams really – carries a lot of what makes it so good and Mm heart-wrenching because like you said the script isn't super strong so yeah I mean I think it's a solid rom-com um should it have won an Oscar no and it didn't (laughs) and it didn't so we're all on the same page there yeah yeah Definitely one I would I would watch again. Um, Matt had actually seen it before and was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I've seen something that you haven't. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. He's like, yeah, I have the DVD in my living room. So. <gasps> you have to watch it with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with that being said, shall we give her a rating? Yeah. I don't know. I kind of want to – I kind of want to give it a seven. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to give it an eight because I, I did feel moved by the movie. Yeah. What about you? I feel like you're going to give it a six or a seven. I was going to give it a seven. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with the seven. Yeah. I'm glad I finally watched it. So I just think there are other movies that are way more. Like I watched La La Land the other day, and that was, yeah, I feel like a really high quality, sad movie. And it, and it, honestly, not exactly the same, but oddly similar in a lot of ways where it's like, you want to be together, but can't be together. Different paths for different people. Mm-hmm. Different, like, story, but um, some similar themes. And, like, I think there is a better plot and script for that movie, so. Yeah, I agree. I would say one movie I would recommend if you want a another Rachel McAdams movie that has really great comedic elements, but also will absolutely fuck you up. Like I cry so much when I watch this movie. Is about time. Okay, noted. Yeah, noted. Very, very good movie. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you laughed and cried right alongside us. And if you would like a little more content, you can always follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. Yes, you can follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us pod. And you can always send us a good old-fashioned email at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. And we will see you next week for our final installment of Pod Girl Summer. Crazy. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.